Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. We are going to look at Psalm 33. Psalm 33. And we're just going to look at the 12 first verses. So if you would stand with me, let's read it together. Well, I should say, I'll read. You follow along. Rejoice in the Lord, O righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the heart. Make melody to Him, an instrument of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right, and all His work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of His mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it was done. He commanded, excuse me, and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people He has chosen as His own inheritance. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for, again, just time as it marches, as the seasons change, as another day commences, as a year is soon to begin. We're all reminded, Lord, that time is in your hands. And Lord, I just pray that as we come to this new year of uncertainty on our side, we can come away with the confidence that you are in control and you are sovereign. So bless our time together, open our hearts, our ears, and let our faith be in tune to you, centered upon our Savior and the one who loves us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Twenty twenty four. What's your fears? Well, I'm going to go over a lot of them here, if you will. One survey says this sixty percent of Americans are afraid of corrupt government officials. 54% economic and financial collapse. 52% Russia using nuclear weapons. 52.3% the U.S. becoming involved in another world war. 50% people I love become seriously ill. 50% people I love dying. 50% pollution of drinking water. 49.5% biological warfare. 49.3% cyber terrorism. 48% having not enough money for the future. Which one of those would you mark off? Which one of those would you say, yeah, that could be a concern of mine at this point. Well, here's more of an in-depth one, because see, what they did was they went ranked scenario fears, score percentage, and all these are 2023 pointing to 2024 of respondents feeling afraid or very afraid, and they ranked them that way. So again, it's a little different, as loved ones dying is actually, if you will, 68%. 
Loved ones becoming seriously ill, 68%. Not having enough money, I'll kind of jump around here too, for retirement, 55%. Mass shootings or gun, gun violence, 54%. Corrupt government officials, 52%. U.S. getting involved in another world war, 46%. Trump being reelected as president, 47%. Corporations influencing government, 45%. Pollution in oceans and rivers and lakes, 43%. Climate change, 44%. Being unable to pay rent or mortgage, 44%. Widespread civil unrest, 40%. Natural disasters, 38%. Extinction of plants and animals, 40%. Terrorism, 36%. Another pandemic like COVID-19, 37%. Never paying off debt, 40%. Restriction of women's rights, 41%. Losing access to clean water, 37%. Increasing national debt, 36%. Air pollution, 36%. Losing home to a natural disaster, 36%. Government tracking your personal data, spying on you, 35%. Fascism, 36%. Hate crimes, 32%. Being falsely accused of a crime, 33%. Being misunderstood by loved ones, 29%. Plane crash, plug your ears, Patrice, 29%. Police brutality, 31%. Biden being re-elected as president, 31%. Racism, 29%. Stock market crash, 24%. Plastic waste, 25%. That's interesting, isn't it? It rates, rates actually higher than stock market crash. Losing your job, 31%. Artificial intelligence, 22%. Communism, 22%. Illegal immigration into the U.S., 20%. Relationships lost because of political or social differences, 16%. Asteroid impact, 14%. Now, at the lighter notes, snakes, 38%. Public speaking, 36%. Spiders, 26%. Being stuck in an elevator, 26%. Needles, injections, 18%. Shark attacks, are you listening? Shark attacks, 20%. I hope none of you are afraid here in Nebraska. Ghosts, 10%. Zombie apocalypse, 12%. Abduction by aliens, 8%. What are you afraid of? As you face 2024, what are you afraid of? Well, if you will, let's look at this. Go through Psalm 33 and we'll look at the first 12 verses. First, as you see in verse 1, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. That means to shout for joy. Sing for joy in the Lord. 
praise for the upright. Why? Because it's beautiful. That word beautiful means beautiful. Praise the Lord with the heart. Make melody to Him with the instruments of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. That's what we're doing here. For the word of the Lord is right and all His work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. For the word of the Lord is right. It means to be upright, correct, just, straightforward, pleasing, done in truth, faithful and steady. It doesn't waver or change. See, this is kind of, if you will, an echo of today, isn't it? Because see, everything seems to be changing. What is right is now wrong. What is wrong is now right. Who knows the truth? What is truth? It sounds like Pontius Pilate all over the place. What is truth? How do you know what truth is? God declares, I am truth. Can we say amen to that? As we focus on, as we look at these fears, I don't say focus, as we look at these fears, can we all agree that God is true, God is just, God is right, God's word is true. It shall come to pass, as he said, for he's God. See, as we begin this journey, as we look at the fears, then we look at Him that casts away all the fears, then we really have nothing to be afraid of, do we? Look at verse 6. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them, by the breath of His mouth. God made the heavens and all the hosts, or the breath by the word of His mouth. That word host could mean all the heavenly bodies, the planets, the galaxies, the stars, the asteroids. Do you have a fear of the asteroids hitting us? Because if you will, even though it says 8, was it 11%, there's many that talk about it because it's before us in the face of science constantly, this asteroid. Well, I'm going to give you the five asteroids that most likely can hit the earth. Ready? There is on October No, excuse me. On September the 24th, 2182, a 1 in 2,700 chance that a meteorite will hit the earth. Did you hear the date? 2182. And it will be minimal damage. It will be regional damage is what it will be. If it even hits. (laughs) Let's get even clearer if it even gets to that date. Now, there's a 181,000 chance on October 10th, 2119. And again, regional damage. Now, here's where it gets a little scary. This year coming up, in 2024, there is a chance of an asteroid hitting the Earth. Again, regional damage. There is a one... An 11.5 million chance on October 5th of this next year that an asteroid will hit the earth. Now, if you want better odds, in 2030 that same asteroid will be 1 in 10 million on March 3rd, 2030. I find that date interesting. On December 14th, there will be a 1 in 1.8 million chance that an asteroid will hit the earth. Again, massive regional damages. All December 14th, 
19. Now, to wipe out humanity, there is a chance, 1 in 34,000 chance, that total destruction of all mankind will happen. I got your attention. It will happen on March 16th. 2880. You with me? Actually, the greater fears that people have now, scientists, is these violent solar storms. Did you know that? What could be the possibilities of that? Just mess around with electronic systems, satellites. That's about it. But wait a minute. Did we not just read that God was in control of all the heavenly bodies? God's in control of all the galaxies. That nothing can hit this earth without God allowing it. And if you understand Revelation, it doesn't happen until the tribulation period. Meaning, folks, it ain't happening in our lifetime. But still, if even with the possibility, where's our focus on? Is it the heavens? Or is it the one who inhabits the heavens? Now, I find this interesting, too, because see, that, that word host could also mean all the angelical hosts. Angels and demons, if you will. And we're having, if you will, um, an outburst of the occult. Which has brought on a lot of things that uh, we won't get into this morning. But it has devastated a lot of people. I will warn you parents just quickly though. Anything that has to do with the occult, I would keep your kids away from. Even if it seems harmless at this point. But understand something. That also there's other things that are being spoken of a lot. In fact... A Harvard astronomer predicts that the outer space aliens likely to make first contact will be through AI. Did you hear that? A harvest, I mean, a Harvard astronomer, a former CIA officer, John Ramirez, is warning about an impending event awaiting mankind in 2027. He has a fear that the aliens will invade. Now, why do I bring this up? Because you're going to hear more and more about it. But who's in control of the angelical hosts? Who allows an angel to be revealed and not? Because if you will, these are not aliens. I do not believe in aliens. Why? Because even Galatians chapter 1, it says that even if an angel speaks of a different gospel, do not believe it. And right now, with aliens, it's a different gospel, gang. There's only one good news. And the good news is in Jesus Christ. God is in control of all beings. Can we say amen? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. You are surrounded, if you will, by God's angels. You are protected. It's important that we center on the God that's in control of all things. No matter what the announcements are, no matter what they say, no matter what proof supposedly they have, do not be naive. If you think demons just act in one realm, you're wrong. That is just for us to understand, not to fear, to understand. That as these things maybe get a hotter and hotter topic, because people like to, you know, it's, it's basically anything but God. That's what the world wants to do. 
So if they, their faith can be in aliens that they've come to help us to progress in our evolution, then they'll believe that. They'll believe that aliens helped start creation rather than a God of the creation. So let's not be fooled. Now let's center our attention on God who controls all things. Not only the heavenly bodies in the heavens, but also the angelical forces around us. Look at verse 7. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. That word storehouses, could basically if you mean it's the storehouses of God for rain, for snow, for hail, for sea. What does this mean? God is in control of the climate. Ready? Let me repeat that again. God is in control of the climate. This is so important. It's all over the place. The earth is really hot and getting hotter. The report lays out sobering facts about the state of the earth's climate. The planet is nearly two degrees Fahrenheit warmer than it was in the late 1800s. The track exceeds five degrees of Fahrenheit of warming at the end of the century, it warns. That kind of extreme warming would spell disaster for billions of people, as well as the critical ecosystems that would lead to irreversible sea levels, rise and mass extinction of plants and animals. goes on to say the, plant, the planet is on track for catastrophic warming, but world leaders already have many options to reduce greenhouse gas pollutions and protect people according to a major new climate change report from the United Nations. Thank you, United Nations. The report was drafted by top climate scientists and reviewed by delegates from nearly 200 countries. The authors hope it will provide crucial guidance for politicians around the world ahead of negotiations later this year aimed at reigning in climate change. The planet faces an increasing dire situation. According to the report, climate change is already disrupting daily life around the world. Extreme weather, including heat waves, droughts, floods, wildfires, hurricanes, is killing and displacing people worldwide, causing massive economic damage, and the amount of carbon dioxide accumulating in the atmosphere is still rising. Climate change is a threat to human well-being and planetary health, the report states. There is rapidly closing window for opportunity to secure livable, sustainable, oh, I love that word, future for all. We're all going to die, folks, if we don't change this. Uh, one report in England says it's because we're breathing. You breathe out carbon monoxide. You are the problem. There's too many of us. But don't worry here, guys. Because our president has a plan. Slowly he's going to cut down all coal mines. He's going to kill about 100,000 head of cattle. Restrict the amount of fertilizer farmers can use. Reduce the amount of land that can be farmed, mined, drilled for natural gas and oil. Reduce the production of gas vehicles. Shut down more of America's electric grid and spend more on solar power. Require the U.S. citizens to have a global ID, global health care, etc. Keep the U.S. border with Mexico wide open. Don't know what that would do. Employ, I mean, for the climate, employ 86,000 armed IRS agents to monitor citizens' tax Payments. Good old Joe. He's got our back. 
climate change. Who's in control of the climate? Who's in control of the weather? God is. They have to be afraid of. No matter what their reports are. Because if you notice what they're doing is they're, they're basically tunneling us into dependency upon what the experts tell us. And not only that, but if you haven't figured this out, they're trying to move populations around and they're trying to cut down on population. It's been proven that many people have been sterilized in many different ways. And some of it, if you will, goes from the transgender movement. They're decreasing the population. Why? Because, like I said, we're the problem. People. Get rid of the, if you will, the consumers. You and I. We're suckers. We're blood suckers. We suck this earth. We suck it dry. Again, it goes away from what God has declared. And what is it? That you and I are made in His image. That every child, yes, every child, yellow, black, white, green, let's throw that out there, all are precious in His sight. That's why abortion, too, is a way of cutting down populations. Don't be ignorant. Again, why am I bringing this up? For you to get angry or anything? No. Where is our focus? Who's in control of all these things? God is. God is in control. And if God is in control, then what do we need to fear? Look at verses 8 and 9. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded it and it stood fast. See, there's a fear that disperses all other fears. It's the reverence for God. There's nothing else to fear. If God is for you, then who can be against you? Or as Scripture likes to explicitly point out, are these things, if I can remember what I did with that. Excuse me for a second. Do not fear those who kill the body, Jesus said, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In Job twenty twenty eight it says, And to Man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and depart from evil is understanding. Now, we talk about the angelical hosts, and Revelation says this, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him who made heaven, earth, sea, springs of water. That's what we've come to do. is come to worship God. To disperse all their fears. I have no control, if you will, of what's going to happen. What's going to happen in my life? What's going to happen in my wife's life? In my children's life? 
my grandchildren's life. But when I focus on that, when I focus on me, when I focus on them, when I'm afraid of them dying or getting sick, what does that do? It takes my eyes off the one that is in control of all things. That I can trust Him. That He is good. That He has my family in mind. In myself. That His love for us is an everlasting love. That His love for us, that nothing can separate us. And the depth and the height is just amazing. The body is going to perish. This body is going to die. I don't know how it's going to die. I could trip over this rug, land on my head. You would laugh, thinking, oh, look, he's doing a joke. And then you find out I'm dead. My son would probably kick me. See if you're still awake. Doesn't move. Everybody look at each other, shrug their shoulders. I guess I guess that's you in the church. Then everybody would roll up everything, put everything away, and there I'd lie. Gruesome, funny. Why? Because that's not me anymore. I've gone home. I'm home. And see, if you will, that's the direct truth to all of us here on this earth. Is to understand that our fear really is an awe. This wonderful, powerful God cares that much for us. That He's watching out for us. Look at verse 10. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart to all generations. Now, Who's in control of the nations? God. We just talked about a great fear and it's technology, right? Here's a, a list of the greatest fears of technology. Cyber terrorism, 48.8%. Corporate tracking of personal information, 44.6%. Government tracking of personal information, 41.4%. Robots replacing workforce, 28.9%. Trusting artificial intelligence to do work, 25.8%. Robots, 23.9%. Artificial intelligence, 22.2%. Technology, I don't understand, 19%. See, there's a great fear of not knowing what this technology is going to do in the end. We understand some things that they're trying to basically spy and control us. Well, that's not really news. Not for those that follow these things. But see, that adds on to something else. It's the government. Government right now, as many people don't trust them. And if you will, it's the first time in this, in my generation, that's ever happened. Oh, it's true, we've always heard of things, that things have gone bad, and the distrust of others. But it doesn't take away from the fact that we still trusted in our government. We trusted that Ultimately, they had our good in mind. Now it's coming to a point that the world or our country doesn't trust any of the divisions of the government. That's scary. How are we to build that up? Especially when we see that some of it is trying to destroy the very essence of this country. See, really, if you will, there's a division happening right now. And some of it, as you can understand, I mean, if you look at it in a secular way, there's an understanding to it. 
See, the problem is, is in a global world to bring peace, that if we could be under one government, then there would be a pseudo-peace, kind of like the Roman Empire, that they would all have to fall in line. And to do that, then, what would happen is we have a problem, and that is the sovereignty of the United States. Because, see, the United States is built on biblical principles. It's built on God. So if you take that and you look at God and his word, then you have value because you're made in God's image. And see, that's the way the government was formed, is for your freedom. That's what the government was to protect, your freedom. To live your life the way that you see fit in God's name. But you take that away, and you look at the world as a global village, then you can see, well, that's a problem. Because we are trying to all get along. Not to take one religion above the other. Not to take one race above the other. But we're all one village. We're all one people. And you've got to stop thinking of yourself as an individual. You have to give up some of your individual rights and liberties and freedoms so that we can do better as a global world. And that's the reason, if you will, for the open border. It's to redistribute population. But not just that, the wealth. Why? Because again, if you look at it globally, why is it the United States is this fat pig and other countries are very poor? Anemic. Now, if we were to take some of that wealth and to distribute it throughout the world and make it more even, and then we put the elites above everybody so that they can govern us because they know better, that we make it so that there's only one religion, then there's no reason to fight over religion. That if we have one economy and it's digital and you make money by how much you obey us, then again, there's a way of control. And food, the same thing. So that there could be peace. But see, we understand something in a biblical way that this goes exactly the way prophecy speaks of. And if you will, it's been the mindset of Satan from the beginning. is that man would rebel against God. That they can become their own deity. That they begin control of their future. And if you will, even life and death. It has to be removed. Now, again, not to say that's just the right way, because we look at the other way, it's the Constitution. And what we're trying to do, those that believe in the Constitution, is keep those rights. The problem is, it separates us from the world. So if you will, what I'm talking about, there's an impasse here. Something's got to give. And even those that want the individual rights, doesn't necessarily that they want to do it in a just way. Or a pure way. So see, it's not necessarily about what's politically right for us. It's what does God desire. But the most important thing is to understand is that God is in control of all nations and their plans. Can you rest in that? Psalm 2, if you will, says this, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens 
shall laugh and the Lord shall hold them in derision. God's in control. And what's important is for us as, again, his children, as we see things happening around us, and we'll get into some of this next week, wars and rumors of wars, is that we understand the plans that people have, governments have, in corralling the people and the population of the world, is we understand that God is in control. Say that again. God is in control of the nations. As we look at this next year, there's nothing to fear. It's going according to God's purpose and God's plans. We must continue to be lights in this earth. To share the truth of Jesus Christ. To warn people. Look, it's, it's obvious. It's, it's not like nobody noticed in this church. Some people walked out. Some of you may be thinking, oh, we lost some people. I will tell you this, and I will say it unashamedly. I have not come here to build a church that's big. I've come here to preach the truth. Whether there's a few here or this place is packed, I will not stop preaching the truth. And I know that some of this message is harsh. If you notice, I only do this at the end and the beginning of a year. There's times that I really should be warning you even more. This next year may be very hard for some of us. May not. It's an election year. It's an election year that's going to tell us which way this, com- this country is going to go. My prayer is the prayer of Josiah that there will be revival before. But I'm not going to be candy coating this. This, this country is in dire straits. The country is, not God. God's in control. God's the ones working out these truths. And I will point out in prophecy how it's falling along with God's plan. Not to discourage, but to give hope. And to trust. And to put our focus back where it needs to be on God. Now, to finish, really, this message, look at verse 12. Blessed is the nation who is Excuse me. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. See, God doesn't just look at nations. God looks at individuals. God looks at people. God looks at his people. God looks at his church. Each one of us are precious in his sight. Why? Not because you're some type of fantastic person, but the truth is, is that you found your faith in Christ Jesus. God calls you his child, and he desires for you to call him father. Now, in knowing that, as we come to this new year, it's important for each of us to be praying for this country. Because through this country, again, regardless of what you believe politically, stands the Christian Judean principles. The freedom that you and I have to share our faith. The freedom that we have to go about sharing our faith in different places. We're not restricted by location. We're not restricted by what we say yet. We pray for these freedoms. 
We also pray for things that we understand are according to God's will. It is not God's will for babies to be aborted. God never agrees with murder, especially of the innocents. Another thing to take note of, God blesses those who bless Israel. God said it. Why? Because God has chosen those people for his own purposes. It's important for us as a church and as people to be praying for the peace of Israel. Why? Because, folks, Israel and the United States are the ones that stand against this world dystopia. And I do mean dystopia. God gives hope. God gives purpose. God gives life. Mankind cannot give mankind life. Because ultimately it is always the same thing. Mankind left on his own is selfish, greedy, and power hungry. And that's why some people have a hard time understanding that the God that has all the power became a child, became a man, and died for us. That's what separates us. Not my intellect, but the God that is in control, the God that loves, and the God that cares. My prayer for each of us is that we would begin to pray even harder for this country so that she would be a light, not because of the country itself, but again, because of the people and the people that follow Jesus Christ. That brings hope to this world. Hope to individual lives. And the understanding that the enemy desires to bring this country down. That's obvious. So, again, you're all staring at me like you're somber and sober. This is, again, to get our eyes focused. Because there's so much uncertainty coming this, this year. But we need to stay focused on Christ Jesus as our Lord. That he's in control, but also to be the lights that he's called each of us to be in this dark place. To shine. To ask God to strengthen us and encourage us that we would be those lights. But also to pray. To pray for this nation. To pray for the leaders. To pray for revival. Revival in the leaders. Revival in this country. Revival in this world. That's what we're called to do. We're not Americans first. We're followers of Jesus Christ first. Let's pray. Actually, I have a prayer. This prayer was given to the Senate of Kansas. And after he prayed it, he, he actually followed it and made some changes from a different person. But he was a pastor. And he prayed like this. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask your forgiveness, to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says, woe to those who call evil good. That's exactly what we've done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium equilibrium, and inverted our values. We confess we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it moral pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. 
We endorsed perversion and called it alternate lifestyle. We exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We have neglected the needy and called it self-preservation. We, will, we have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We have killed our unborn and called it freedom of choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and called it building esteem. We have abused power and called it political savvy. We have coveted our neighbors and possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us and see if there be some wicked way in us. Cleanse us from every sin and set before us and set us free. Guide and bless these men and women who have been sent here by the people of Kansas, or we can say the people in our government, who have been ordained by you to govern this great land. Grant them for wisdom to rule, and may their decisions direct us to the center of your will. I ask this in the name of your Son, the living Savior, Jesus Christ. And in his name I pray these things. Amen. Thank you.